Hey everybody, my name is Theresefine Millies and you are listening to Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Today we're talking about the King of Pens. The king is the divine masculine. That's what I used to say in readings, because then the person across from me would get a picture in their head. Whoever they see is the divine masculine. And that would be that. That would be the answer. I always guessed that they saw like Tom Hanks or Clint Eastwood. If they were real lucky, they saw their own dad. The image of a decision maker and a provider. He's fair and he's kind, but he's also practical. He's going to buy you the Christmas present that you want, but he's going to budget for it all year first. The super put together, slick backed hair man at the head of the household. But minus that servant wife this time. The kings are the king because you think of rulers, which leads me to mastery, which leads me to mentor. So to me, the kings are the fathers in the other decks is the mentor. So a mentor in this realm would be a person that has achieved success, but hasn't let it corrupt him. In episode six, I talked about the queen of pentacles. She was about balance and balance is really important in our realm. Materialism, judgment, capitalism, we have to live in this system without getting eaten alive by it. And this king has accomplished that. Pentacles are earth, money, job, house. They're this realm. They're material. Let's look at the cards. First, we have the Aquarius and the Waitsmith. Here he is on his throne. He's completely covered in vines and grapes. It's difficult to even see what's going on in the picture because it's just so busy with vines and grapes. This is extreme abundance. This is wealth. His armored boot pokes out from the bottom of his robes. He holds one pentacle in one hand and a golden wand in the other. His crown has three points and on each point is a flower. His head and his neck is wrapped in a red scarf. And on his throne, he has four bull heads on each of the corners. The red scarf is power, power in his mind over his thoughts and his decisions and power of his voice. He is intentional in his words and they land exactly the way that he means them to. In the Aquarius, the throne is green and in the Waitsmith, it's black. Green is the color of the heart. He makes decisions from love and from caring. Black is emptiness, it's unknown. It's a bit of a mystery where his power comes from. It's a mystery to this earth realm, at least. The black is magical. The bulls on his throne are strength, and there's four of them, and that means stability. Bulls are not aggressors. They're not predatory animals. They don't have claws. They don't have big, sharp teeth. But they're big, and they're strong, and they're heavy, and they dig their feet in. And if they don't want to go anywhere, they're not going to go anywhere. The wand in his hand is a gold stick with a gold ball on top. This could signify the sun. It's familiar to say that the man is the sun, the light, and a woman is the moon, the darkness. That got twisted in lots of ways over history, but that's something that's sort of accepted as esoteric heteronormativity, I guess. At some point, I need to unpack the sun, moon, man, woman, whole thing. You can Google it, obviously. So much esoterica comes from the 1800s, and that was all written by white men. So you can imagine how skewed that is, even if the super deep underlying meaning makes a little bit of sense. 
About five years ago, I took a lot of classes in doula training. And something that really stuck out was the mentor telling us that the man is the spark. He's the light. When a sperm meets an egg, there's a spark of light. So the man is spark. The woman is sound. Because the ovum hums so that the sperm can find her. All life on earth is sound and light. You can debate that all you want, but I think it's pretty. The way that this is applied in our heteronormative society is that the woman has an idea about how to move their house around, and when the man gets home from work, he moves the sofa. The woman needs to feed her babies, so the man goes to work to make money so that the woman can go grocery shopping. It, again, is all heteronormative and oversimplifying, but you see what I'm getting at. The king in the card, back to the card, is stoic and calm. He's not ruling. He's not active. He's just sitting there and he's enjoying his grapes and his vines that have covered him. The vines themselves tie him to the earth. The grapes, once they're fermented and made into wine or spirits, signify the hidden realm. Alcohol is called spirits. And then finally, the boot. The king was once the knight. And the knight is kind of headstrong and um, determined and uh, has blinders on and moves in a direction without information or with only a bit of information and is just like on his thing. The king understands that that isn't where he is now or wants to be, but he needs you to know that he's been there and he's been in battles. He can fight. He can do that thing. But he's choosing not to. He prefers not to. In the Morgan Greer, we have the same imagery. It's clearly executed here. The grapes, the pentacle, the wand, or scepter, maybe. The crown looks like it has bullhorns on it instead of on his throne. He doesn't have a throne. He's just a portrait. It's also super green. It's green all over. His robe is green. That's heart and caring and kindness. This king knows how to do things in the kindest way possible. In the mythic, the king is all gold. His throne is gold. His robe is gold. He's sitting in a field of green, though. The gold does make sense because he's coins. He's royalty and, and money and gold. But this time he has a goat and goat heads around him instead of the bull. He's got three servants in the background on the left waiting for him to call. And they're in purple. There's also a house in the distance. There's a house in the Aquarius and the Waitsmith also, but I didn't really notice it until I noticed this house in the background of this one. It kind of feels like they're all sort of sitting on their porch, um, just enjoying their space. Now back to the three people on the left. They, I'm assuming they're servants because they have bowls and there's things on their, on their plates or their bowls to, to give. And, but they're sitting there waiting and they're in purple. And purple to me is the color of magic and it's esoterica. So that tells me that this king has the ability to access the unknown at will. And the house means shelter. He's got a community. He can go, he can get up off his throne and get warm inside the house. He can sit by the fire. He can talk to people. He has a place to be and a place to sleep. He is settled and he's rooted. A big house means a big family and a community. It means that you're, you're taken care of and you're part of something. In the wild unknown, it's an image of a deer with large antlers. He's called a father here instead of a king. 
And this father is a 10-point buck. That's a male deer of superior genetics. He's the cream of the crop. He's the goal for every hunter that hunts deers. The deer itself is gentle and beautiful. They're alert and they're quick. The antlers tell us that he's revered. And between the antlers is suspended a pentacle. He's cradling all the symbolism that is represented there. The line strider shows us an owl. He's confident and he's wise and he's ready to help or to lead or to give sound advice. He's wise. He is the mentor. In the Holly Simple, the father is a snake. Snakes mean transformation and change. Above the snake's head, resting on it, weighing it down, is a pentacle. It feels like the father always has the world on his mind. It weighs on him. The body of the snake is also kind of shaped like an eight, almost a complete eight. An eight means motion and movement. The snake's head is always in the earth realm, and he's always moving and always changing. The Luna Soul shows us the king of discs. He sits in a throne made from a tree. He's in a bamboo forest. He holds his disc in his hands lovingly, while three baby birds chirp at the top of his throne, and a snail crawls up the back of the trunk. I like that we can see the dirt and the earth under his feet and the mountains in the distance, and it looks like there's a sunrise too. In this card, I see respect for life, respect for the cycle, respect for the earth itself. And this card is not pentacles, it's discs. So there's a different implied metaphysicality here. It's just earth, it's just money, job, home. It's just the world that we live in that we can see. And the king signifies the balance in the life cycle and his respect and reverence for it. The king of pentacles, like the queen, is in the earth realm. But understand that half of this place is unseen. This earth realm is 50% light and 50% dark. 50% things that we can touch and feel and Uh, manipulate and 50% things that just happen that's mystical it's magical Arthur Waite chose pentacles for his tarot other tarots were discs or coins and he chose pentacles to get this exact point across the practical is mystical and the sacred is profane the king's fairness his power his stability it comes from his willingness to trust himself And find faith in the things that he doesn't fully understand and know. Because he doesn't have to know. He just has to do the next right thing. He has so much trust in the cycles, in the earth, and his connection to the spirit world that he inspires us to trust him too. To feel the confidence in ourselves to know that we are right where we're supposed to be. The king tells us that this balance is important. And that you can just sit and feel where you are in the cycle because it's going to change and you're going to have to sit and do it again over and over. Not knowing and accepting that you don't know is the best that you can do at any given time. And that's my King of Pentacles. If you have anything to add, please let me know. Um, Send me a DM. Let's talk about tarot and be nerdy, please. New episodes are now on Fridays, Fridays only, not Wednesdays only Fridays. And next Friday, we are going to talk about the devil. 
I am very excited about it. Thank you so much for listening to Ninth Arcana. You can follow me, rate, or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. New episodes always on Fridays. You can also find me and all the pictures of all the cards that I talk about on Instagram. I'm Ninth Arcana Podcast. Now you should go pull some cards. Okay. Love you. Bye. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millings. Thank you for listening.